welcome to the Digital Transformation of Business podcast, brought to you by Hughes On. Hey everybody, it's Mike Tippett. I'm extremely happy to be here with you. Thrilled to have my two good friends, Chuck and Curtis, with me. Gentlemen, hello. How are you doing? How are you? And maybe as you can tell from the audio, Curtis is coming to us remote today. We're excited to be able to get together and have this conversation. We are in that window of time many of you will either experience or remember experiencing when we weren't allowed to be in the same buildings and offices and things together. But we wanted to keep doing our job and keep doing this work, so we're here together. The topic we're going to talk about here today is the importance of company culture when you're dealing with teleworkers and work from home employees, whether that's a temporary situation or it's an actual long-term company established process because companies based in one city, but we have employees all over, or we have employees for one reason or another who want to work from home for a couple of weeks. So guys, the big question is, does telework require a strong culture already, or does it help build a strong culture? I think that's a great question. None of us have truly lived through such a time like this where we didn't have any other choice but to remote work. I think what made this so successful is the fact that we did have a good culture going into this. We all had a strong relationship with each other. I consider both of you my very good friends, and we both know each other, our quirks, the way we work, what makes us successful. So I think a critical component of that is I don't know it necessarily requires a culture, but I think when it is built upon a strong culture to begin with, I think it works well. Well, Curtis, you made an interesting comment there. You said you already know us. We're already friends, and that's been very helpful. But let's pose the question like this. Let's just say that uh, we came across an applicant for an open position who lived in Dallas, Texas, and we really wanted to hire them. They're not in a position where relocation is an option. So, you know, the idea is they're going to work from Dallas. Do you think we can get to know them? Do you think we can bring them into the culture of our team and group effectively if they are full-time remote? Given the right mix of tools and the opportunity to be face-to-face through one of these modern communication tools like a Microsoft Teams or a Zoom or something like that, I think, honestly, it could work. Because, And I'll use the example of when Cameron, one of our other team members, joined our team, I was in the mix of traveling a ton. And I, I probably saw him all but maybe two or three times in the first three months of him starting on our team. And even while I was traveling, the fact that we were constantly on calls, whether it's with an outside vendor or we were talking about an email campaign strategy or something like that, so long as we saw each other's face through that, I think we gained a mutual respect for each other, despite the fact that we weren't near each other. We weren't even in the same geography, even within time zone. So I think that you can make that work if you balance it with the right mix of tools and the right opportunity to spend face-to-face time with with each other over one of these modern systems. I've had a similar experience. In fact, I talked to Cameron, the new guy, even more now that we're teleworking because part of it is that he's still not completely integrated into the whole company and the whole company culture, but we're working together and we've made it a routine to FaceTime, you know, call each other over video conference every day. But yeah, that's something I never thought would really work well. I read an article in Inc. Magazine just recently why remote work leads to a stronger company culture. And it's by Brian DeHalf, who's the co-founder and CEO of AHA. 
But Brian makes several points in here, but one of them is about camaraderie, and he poses the question, is it possible to work alone, far away from your coworkers, and not feel lonely or isolated? And according to a survey that he came across, 19,000 global workers were asked that question, and over 50% of them, about 55% of them, said that they feel part of the team. But the key is encouraging team spirit, connecting regularly, and I think you guys both just said that. That article from Inc. is pretty interesting. Now, I've read other articles that say kind of the opposite, so I think it really depends on how you go about it. I'm sure right now there are companies out there where their culture is suffering big time because of the way that they are teleworking. I'm sure the opposite is true with other companies. Yeah, we're in the pandemic. We're in the quarantine stage right now. But when we take a look at this and we think about teams teleworking, it's often frustrating for me as a manager, as a team leader, as a person who looks for talent. You know, when we have an open headcount, to say, yes, we're looking for somebody who lives within 75 miles of the office or something. It would be so fabulous if it was easy to say, I'm looking for someone anywhere in the world, anywhere in the country that could join our team and contribute and has the experience that we want. So this quarantine situation, I think, is teaching us that where you live doesn't necessarily have to limit what teams you can join and how you can contribute. I had the thought these last few weeks is that are there going to be companies that say, you know what, we actually like this better and there are other benefits with cost savings and everything. We're going to restructure the way we do business. We're going to operate remotely far more than we ever did before. Do you think a lot of companies are going to take that route? Oh, 100%. 100% agree. I think you're going to see people realize that, hey, if I go into some kind of an adjusted shift schedule where Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, you know, whatever, or something like that, all of a sudden I don't need the same amount of square footage or I can make the square footage that I have be better for everybody because we're not all there at one time. I absolutely think that there will be a lot of companies who adapt and change. Mike, you've had a question that you've posed to us that I thought was pretty interesting. Does telework create a greater sense of empowerment in an employee Do they feel they need to be more self-sufficient and make some decisions? Yeah, I ask that question because if you are working remote, you cannot walk down the hall and ask permission or ask, I don't want to say advice because I always want people to feel like they can ask advice. But, you know, if a decision needs to be made when you're remote, do you feel like you can make those decisions any more or less than you could before? I'm going to say, in short, yes. I think the answer for me is yes. It's really easy to kind of ask permission when the decision maker could be 10 feet away when you're in your home office and requires a phone call or something. Sometimes you just kind of got to stand up and figure it out. Mm -hmm. I'd like to hope so. I'd like to think that as leaders, people are able to train. Obviously, whether you're remote or not, You want your employees to be empowered. You want them to feel like they can do their job and use their skills and the reason you hired them and so forth all the time. And there will always be some mistakes made. But I think if the relationship and the culture, to go back to the original premise of the podcast, if the culture is strong, then I think people will. And I do believe that being remote 
makes you pull up your bootstraps and make some choices and get on with it. Yeah, on that topic of cultures, I think that organizations that don't have a strong culture, you know, if you don't feel like anybody cares about you, if you don't feel loyal to the organization, you're not going to be working that hard when you're remote. You're going to be working for a paycheck. You're not going to be working for a career. So I think that that culture, while it's not absolutely critical, I think it definitely helps people feel empowered. Curtis, you touched on something there that at the beginning of this article, and this article is, as I said, it's titled Why Remote Work Leads to Stronger Company Culture. But to kind of open the article up, Brian talks about what's more important, a paycheck or culture. And he goes back and forth and he quotes a, a survey done by Glassdoor where people say culture is more important. I think that's probably true, but there is a tipping point or a balance point, right? First of all, I don't ever want to work for a company that just has a toxic and very negative culture. There's not enough money in the world for me to go to work every day in something that I just don't like and it, it just impacts me negatively. That doesn't work. But where do you feel like that scale slides back and forth? If you're at a place with a good culture and it's strong and you feel part of a team and along comes an offer to go to work for somebody else at pick your number, but let's just say it's 5, 8, 10% increase, which is not insignificant, the culture there is okay. It's not necessarily toxic or terribly negative, but it probably isn't as good as where you are now. Do you pass on that opportunity or not? I think that's a very personal decision, but it's something that I think in this world will become critical to organizations to make theirs be the best that it can because we can't just keep, oh, you got a better offer? Here's more money. The one thing that I always say is that if I'm happy at my job, I'm not looking for another job. I'm not answering emails from headhunters. I'm not even paying attention to job postings. I'm not, I haven't looked for a job posting in years. Now, if I were unhappy, that would be different, of course. But to answer your question, Tip, no, 5 10% is not enough because then now you run the risk of being unhappy from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m. or whatever the hours are. You run the risk of being unhappy just for a little bit more money. Your home life might be a little bit better, but your day-to-day, Monday through Friday, job, work life may be significantly worse. The way I look at it is that if an employer is really good at keeping their people happy, they're not even considering the option of going to some other place because they're good. They're happy where they are. I got to live through that firsthand. Prior to joining Hughes, I was actually offered, when they found out that I was exploring leaving, uh, they actually offered me more money to stay. And unfortunately, they had a very toxic environment, and there was really one specific person that I just felt that I could not work alongside anymore. I didn't enjoy going to work, and so therefore, if when you sent me the email over LinkedIn well, almost five years ago, it was, dare I say, an answer to prayers, but really a wonderful opportunity to pursue and grow and get to know guys like you guys. I think that's true. I think in my own personal life, I have this, I don't know if you want to call it a characteristic or a character flaw or whatever, but <laughs> I'm always worried that I'll put myself in a position where I'll go, wow, I didn't appreciate what I had. Whatever the, yes, you know, whatever the yes. case may be, oh, man, I didn't know how good I had it. And lots of decisions, right? Selling and buying a car, doing different things career-wise, doing different things around the house. Just step back and make sure you really, really, really understand 
what you have. And, you know, it's not always right. Sometimes you guys have said it. If you're not happy, you're going to start looking. And it's good to make sure you compare some things and look around a little bit so that you can appreciate what you have. And, and hopefully, maybe even if you say, you know what, I like something about that over there, I'm going to try to bring that here. That's the other thing. I don't ever want to put myself where I say I didn't realize how good I had. But when you start to say, wow, if I did that, I would be able to this and I would be able to do that. Well, wait a minute. Could maybe I do this and that here and also be contributing to success? If you posed another question, too, that kind of follows along this topic is how can the company or your company and its leaders help remote or teleworkers to maintain focus and be successful? And I'll take the first crack at answering that question is take culture aside. And when an organization provides employees with the right balance of tools, for example, like, you know, great computer, I've got all the accessories that I could possibly use, and then the webcam and all these things that make it so that I can do my job just as well as I was doing in my physical office, that's one of the main things. The other thing also is just a mutual sense of trust. And I know that may dance back into the concept of culture, but we have a mutual trust for each other and a mutual respect for each other. And therefore, we can come together and say, hey, look, yes, this deadline we missed, this deadline we hit. And what are we going to do to make sure we can hit that missed deadline? We work together to be successful and have the tools that we need to make sure that we can be successful. Yeah, that's a big one for me, having the necessary tools for my job. I worked for a large Fortune 100 company before I worked for Hughes, a company which I shall not name. My experience was that it was really fun and a lot of great perks. But when I needed a new uh, monitor, I needed a new computer, I needed a new mouse, for crying out loud, I needed a $29 mouse. It was seemed like I had to jump through a bunch of hoops, and then I end up giving up. That kind of thing really does affect you because you are dealing with tools all day long, every day. And to have the attitude of, well, you could get by with what you have or be happy with what you have, these are really small examples, but they add up over time, right? They add up after multiple occurrences. So I'm going to shift gears for a bit. I've got two other areas I'd really like to take us that this article helped me think about as I was going through it. But the first one is the communication. Everything that I read, multiple articles and everything, when you start talking about teleworking and remote employees, remote teammates, the word communication is almost always at the top. And if it's not, it's in the top three. And one of the key areas of employee communication senior leadership down to the broadest possible level of the company. And during this particular time and the quarantine and things that we're in, we have seen that in customers and in different ones, but internally we've done some great, great town halls. And one of the things I wanted to share with the listeners and I want to put out there is the level of interaction increases as you go down to smaller and smaller groups. When we have a general manager of North America addressing the organization, there's probably in excess of 500 people participating in the town hall. And to the credit of our organization, it is asked that you send your questions in by email ahead of time. They get a chance to review them, and then they can answer them through the course of their presentation. Opening it up to Q&A to 500 people is it would turn what is a positive into a very, very big negative. But when you get down to where you're the team lead or maybe the leader of a group of 50 or less saying, hey, okay, that was the information I have. Are there any questions is much more realistic. I don't know if you guys have experienced these with us. I know, but I'm just curious if you have any thoughts about the concept of town hall communication and then interactivity. 
I love the town hall communication that we have because we hear from the higher levels. It's a big giant group. We're all kind of just spectators. We're not really interacting or asking live questions, like you said. I like to get the company update. I like to hear from different parts of the business, which we do every single week. Now, the smaller ones have been also very beneficial. We have a manager here. Correct me if I'm wrong. Mike Balzotti, he puts together a little meeting every single day, I believe, every weekday, where it's a stand-up meeting. Is that what they call it? And he has a dozen or so engineers that get on to Microsoft Teams and they have a little meeting. Now, that's carried over from when they were in the office doing it in person. They'd all go into the same room and have a stand-up meeting every day. I could only imagine that helps productivity and morale and communication tremendously because you know that every day you're going to either hear from or speak to this group of colleagues. You're going to report on your progress. You're going to ask questions. And I would like to actually, I'm curious, I'd like to ask Mike how that's going because it seems like such a good idea for that particular group and maybe for other groups as well. It's cornerstone. No, it's absolutely cornerstone to their success. It was when they were live in person and it is continuing to be. They are in a highly interacting, integrated profession. They're software engineers working on common projects. And so each day they get a chance to say, okay, I'm going off into this area of the code. The other people are going into different areas of the code. This is what I'm intending to do. It gives you a chance to really, really share it back and forth. And I I would liken it to in our marketing team, if we were working collaboratively on a particular piece of collateral, a particular campaign, that starting out each day with, okay, I'm going to go here, you go there, message or communication would keep us in alignment and would make things far, far better. That leads me to another question that actually came from you, Tip, that does telework favor a certain personality type? Now, it's not by design, but most of the engineers are kind of one personality type and the marketing people are a little bit different. So different groups kind of have a collective personality type, it seems, often. So what do you guys think? Does one personality type benefit more from telework than another? My thought is we have learned in this experience that no. Introverts, extroverts, high energy, moderate energy, people are being successful. One of the articles that I read, you know, they kind of summed it up and said, look, success in remote work comes down to accountability. And if you're the kind of person, you may not like to stand up in front of a group. You may prefer to work in an office with the door closed. You may prefer to be in a bullpen with lots of people. But if you take ownership of what you're responsible for and you're accountable for it, I think you can be successful regardless of your broader personality type. Now, I have a question for the two of you. You are both very sociable people, high energy, like to interact with other people. How do you two, as I would say extroverts, if that's the right term, Both of you are big travelers. You're out there with the customers. You're out there all over the country, all over the world. Now you're kind of stuck in your home office. How have you dealt with the current situation of the teleworking? I'll take the first crack at that one. And I think it has been an adjustment for me because I do walk down the hallway of our office and just be on the way to the bathroom or just be on the way to go get a beverage from the or something like that. And I'll, you know, just poke my head and say hi to you, Chuck, or something like that. But I've been able to offset that by just 
you and I, we talk enough over Microsoft Teams, we talk enough over text messages or emails or something like that. I don't really notice necessarily feel like there's a, a big difference because if I had my webcam on right now, you'd see that I have a Diet Dr. Pepper in my hand and, and you and I are talking as if nothing has ever happened, despite the fact you and I haven't seen each other in probably the better part of five weeks. Far, far uh, too yeah, long, you know, I, actually. Yeah, far, I know, Chuck, it's been far too long. And same thing goes for you, Chip, too. Is I talk to you, I would say on average, at least once a day. And probably every other day, I'm seeing your face on like a Microsoft Teams meeting or something like that. And so I don't know that it's necessarily been that big of a change. The one thing I will tell you from the going outside of our four walls of our office that has been an adjustment that I've actually seen our customers adjust to as well is when we have the client-facing meetings that we've had during this time, it's been fun because when they get on a Microsoft Teams meeting or something like that, or we get on a Zoom call with them, everybody's turning on their cameras because we're all, for the lack of a better word, craving that adult interaction. It's been fun to see people in their natural elements. You know, I got to see the head of internal communications at a big automotive retailer a couple of weeks ago that literally looked like he hadn't showered in three days. <laughs> and it didn't matter because we had a great conversation. We were talking about families as if we were speaking there face to face. And we didn't care that they had webcams on. When we've been able to make adjustments to our normal routine of how we would talk to somebody by not being afraid to show not our prettiest face or something like that. It worked very well. And so I feel like once the restrictions are lifted and we get back on airplanes, we're back at shows, it's going to be different regardless of whether we want it to be or not. So I'm excited for what this has brought out in virtually every one of us. There is a piece in the article and in a couple of the other articles that I read where it says, you know, when you're dealing with teleworking, when you're dealing with remote working, that customer interaction is energizing. And my question as I read that is, even in the situation we're in right now, that doesn't have to stop. And Curtis, you just made the point. Talk to them. So what? You don't get on an airplane and go and do it in person. That doesn't stop you. And and I think I've said this in a previous podcast, but I have had some discussions with customers that say, you know what? I would just as soon have a video conference with someone as have them come to my office because it's just simply more contained. I know that the meeting is going to be 45 minutes to an hour. It's not going to be that 15 minutes of going down to the lobby to get them and 15 minutes of taking them back. And then that obligatory, should we go have lunch because I'm in town and all of this and the other, that you know, we can have a great conversation. We can spend 45 to 90 minutes, whatever it is, and see each other and have that interaction. I am personally a big proponent of having the web interaction, the video chat interaction become a more significant part of our business workplace, whether we're in a pandemic quarantine or not. Now, don't get me wrong. I understand that going out and having an evening and building some camaraderie and some different things there is important to interactions and to relationships. But I'm just hoping that we can find a balance, we can come back a little away from, oh, yeah, I've got to get on a plane and go see somebody every single time. I want to communicate and work with them and come back. But that's a Mike Tippett's very personal opinion. I don't know if the world shares that with me or not. There is one other just kind of a fun question or a fun fact I'm curious about. As we have all transitioned into remote workers, have you adopted any new healthy activities, habits, tactics that you weren't doing before? I know I have. So I know probably this all starting. I wasn't 
spending nearly as much time outside, taking a break at lunchtime and going for a walk. I know there's a group of guys at our office that typically take a speed walk at lunch around the block or something like that. I'm just talking about going out and just taking a real big puff of fresh air and standing out there for a minute and let the sun just cook you for a minute. My work life is oddly more balanced than before, I feel. It was very kind of uh, one track. It was you get into the office, go sit down at the computer and maybe just sit there for eight hours with occasional breaks. But now I feel like it's uh, a little bit more balanced in the way that I do go out and get fresh air a little bit more. I do take time to eat a lunch without sitting in front of a computer, things like that, to where I feel that, it, that the day goes better than it had been previous to this whole thing. That's great to hear. I've had some similar experiences, I think, from a physical health standpoint. I realized that getting outside and, like Curtis said, taking a deep breath of fresh air and some things is important and is helpful in your activity. And so I've picked up that being at the house and having access to the kitchen and the flexibility that that gives you rather than trying to prepare a lunch that you're going to take with you or you're going to go out at lunchtime. I feel like I'm I'm eating a little better. I'm able to do some different things. And different people have different attitudes and ideas, but I feel better. And I, I attribute some of that to the fact that I've been able to adopt some healthy habits. Well, I think to kind of conclude and bring this to an end is I think that you can have a great company culture with or without teleworkers. I think that having a great company culture makes it easier to have remote workers but I also think that if you are put in a situation or something changes where you are going to suddenly have, you can certainly build it. I don't think that you're limited. So I'm excited by some of the changes. I look forward to the opportunity to be able to move about a little more freely and do some things than we are doing right now. But I am very, very excited about the things I personally have seen and learned as we've moved through this forced remote working. Yeah, absolutely. Same here. Well, I appreciate the audience staying with us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please go ahead and give us a rating and a review on your favorite place. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again soon. Have an awesome, awesome day.